It goes without saying, the paranormal is a naturally polarizing topic. There are some of us who believe, wholeheartedly, in its existence. Sure, we may not have all the answers when it comes to the science behind paranormal phenomenon. And within our own bubble, we may not see eye to eye on every single detail. But at the end of the day, the fact remains, many of us believe that there is something beyond the veil. Then, on the other side of the spectrum, there's the more skeptically minded, those who deal only in cold hard evidence in matters of fact, and in that regard, view claims of the paranormal as nothing more than a good story to share around a campfire. Truth be told, you can't blame either of these two camps for their conflicting opinions. Although there is something to be said about belief for the sake of believing, as well as doubt for the sake of doubting. I mean, regardless of where your own theories lie, it's a moot point if you're not willing to put those theories to the test. But how exactly do we do that? After all, there isn't a quantifiable way to measure paranormal activity, is there? Well, I hate to burst any bubbles here, but that may not be entirely the case. Think about it this way. We have been investigating claims of paranormal activity since the dawn of the spiritualism movement, which, as it just so happens, coincided with the discovery of the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, if you ask me, this fact is no coincidence. Because whether you believe it or not, there are numerous theories indicating that the other side has an electric charge. I know. That's a lot to digest. But for the fun of it, let's go ahead and take a closer look at one of these theories. And hey, by the time we're done, maybe I'll have made a believer out of you. I'm Courtney Hayes, and you're listening to Haunts. Stay tuned. Not unlike our coverage of the stone tape theory, I think these claims are best evidenced through a real-world example. But before we take a walk down Indiana's Avon Bridge, we'll likely need a bit of context when it comes to EMF in the paranormal. Let's start with the basics. What exactly is EMF? And for that matter, how is it measured? Well, bear in mind that I'm no scientist nor am I an expert when it comes to electromagnetic radiation. But what I can tell you is that EMF is shorthand for electromagnetic field, which is more or less an invisible field of force generated by the use of electricity. Now, these fields can be measured using an array of different gadgets, but for our purposes, we'll be focusing on EMF meters. Of course, many of us have first-hand experience with these devices. I mean, if you've conducted your own paranormal investigation, then you likely already have an EMF meter in your ghost hunting toolkit. 
But if it's all right with you, I'd like to discuss how these meters work. First, it's worth mentioning that EMF is often measured by range of frequency. On one end of that spectrum, there are static and extremely low frequencies, which range from 0 to 300 hertz. Then in the middle, there are intermediate frequencies, which span from 300 hertz to 100 kilohertz. And finally, on the far end of the spectrum, there are radio frequencies, ranging from 100 kilohertz to 300 gigahertz. Ratings on this end of the spectrum are considered high in EMF, with EMF meters being equipped to detect those frequency spikes. I know, that's a lot of scientific jargon. So to put it simply, EMF meters are designed to measure or detect changes in electromagnetic fields. Okay, simple enough, but what exactly does that have to do with ghosts? Well, it has long been theorized that paranormal entities have the ability to manipulate energy. And based on the laws of thermodynamics, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only change forms. So by that logic, if a spirit were to pull power from an energy source, like a phone battery or a camera light, for example, then that energy would be translated into EMF, which of course could then be measured by an EMF meter. So there you go, a basic lesson on EMF in the electromagnetic spectrum. But as they say, the proof is in the pudding. So let's go ahead and take that walk and we'll put this theory to the test. With an EMF rating of 84, Avon Bridge is likely one of the most paranormally charged locations in all of Indiana. Of course, in the 118 years since it was first constructed, numerous rumors of paranormal activity have taken root within the shadows of this monstrous overpass. But it goes without saying that these distinctions didn't happen overnight. Truth be told, Hendricks County's Avon Bridge may not seem like much to the unbiased observer. At first glance, it would likely appear to be a simple yet functional byway, serving as safe passage for the Big Four Railroad over County Road 625 East. Now, in spite of its mundane functionality, even the untrained eye could appreciate its architectural beauty. With its distinct archways and towering facade, it's no wonder why this haunt boasts a spot on the National Register of Historic Places. But that's just it. Indiana's Five Arch Bridge may come with a decadent story, one whose pages are bound under cover of unsuspecting beauty and historical significance. But hiding within is an anthology of dark and ghostly tales. Oh, and if our theories about EMF are true, it may just be that these stories are backed by scientific measures. Sure, that might be a bold claim to make, but like I said at the top of the episode, there's no point in theorizing about the paranormal if those theories are never tested. And with an EMF rating as high as this, well, there really couldn't be a better place for us to conduct an investigation of our own. So let's analyze these stories one by one and see if we can detect anything of note. According to a myriad of my sources, the earliest accounts of paranormal activity along Avon Bridge 
date as far back as 1908. It had been little more than a year since the bridge had officially opened, and given its high frequency of use, it was ultimately decided that the bridge should be double-tracked. So, in the fall of that year, reconstruction began along Avon Bridge, and by all accounts, the project was going according to plan. Well, that is, until mid-November, when a grisly tragedy befell upon the railway. The incident was reported in the November 13th edition of the Friday Caller. And while the story they presented was grim and tragic, the article itself ignited a chilling legend that still haunts the town of Avon to this day. Quote, Two or three men have been killed in accidents at the Big Four Bridge over Big Creek, and now the bridge is alleged to be haunted. End quote. I know, there were no subtleties involved here, but let me assure you that the Friday Caller had more than enough evidence to back these claims. In fact, that very article outlined numerous reports from terrified locals claiming to have had paranormal encounters in close proximity to the bridge. The article goes on to state, for instance, that some heard the sound of a heavy weight plummeting into the waters of Big Creek below Avon Bridge. Then there were others who told the Friday Caller that they had seen ghostly apparitions floating along the tracks suspended more than 70 feet in the air. Like any good piece of folklore, the actual story surrounding these ghostly encounters is a bit vague and, to be honest, somewhat poorly documented. What we do know for certain is that a handful of people lost their lives during the second phase of construction on Avon Bridge, but there are a few different accounts for how those tragedies came to be. According to local historian Susan Tro, for instance, there was an incident at the job site involving an accidental fall in a vat of freshly poured concrete. Evidently, one of the workers assigned to the project had fallen into a concrete trestle shortly after it had been poured. To make matters worse, the foreman on the job hadn't seen the accident unfold, and unfortunately remained blissfully unaware as work continued. Another version of this story cites that the man hadn't actually fallen into the concrete, but rather fainted while on the job. According to this telling, the man's colleagues watched helplessly while a few made attempts to rescue him. Meanwhile, he laid there unconscious in the quickly drying cement, with his chainsaw sputtering in the tar alongside him. I know, regardless of which version is true, I think we can all agree that the story of Avon Bridge got off to a bleak start. Because either way, this individual was effectively cemented into the bridge, where he supposedly remains to this day. Oh, and at least according to a handful of locals, you can still hear the sputtering sounds of the worker's chainsaw, echoing from the bridge late at night. So far, I think it's apparent why Avon Bridge has such a haunting reputation. But if you ask me, the most macabre of its stories unfolded years after this first incident took place. You see, 
Sometime after the construction ceased, a young woman was taking a walk along Avon Bridge with her infant child. I guess her baby had been sick and fussy, and evidently the young mother was hoping to use the bridge as a shortcut to meet the doctor. Now, to be totally honest, I saw a few different accounts as to what happened next. Some of my sources said the woman and her baby slipped and fell. Others claimed that they were met by an oncoming train and were forced to jump. But regardless of the why, both mom and her baby were sent plummeting down the 70-foot drop to the road below. Okay, so this story is certainly grim enough as it currently stands. But as I'm sure you already guessed, it doesn't exactly end there. Because this tale is what coined this haunt as being Avon, Indiana's resident crybaby bridge. Yes, that's right. If you were to drive below this bridge in the dead of night, you'd likely hear the sounds of a baby wailing through the darkness. Perhaps you would even see a ghostly pale woman crying tears of her own. I know, it's an eerie thought to say the least, which is exactly why this story has sparked a superstitious sort of tradition among Avon locals. You see, even to this day, motorists driving along Route 625 East honk their horns as their vehicle crosses below Avon Bridge. This is done all in an effort to drown out these ghostly and anguished cries that are evidently too deafening to ignore. Truth be told, these two stories are the most historically significant legends associated with Avon Bridge, although there are a handful of lesser-known tales that lend some credence to these haunting claims. One local rumor, for instance, cites that a woman was struck by an oncoming vehicle while walking under Avon Bridge, and so today her spirit is sometimes seen by motorists who are driving along Route 625 East. Others claim that no less than four workers fell from the bridge during its initial construction, ultimately drowning in the waters of Big Creek down below, which would of course explain the numerous reports of phantom splashing that we spoke about earlier. So by now it should be obvious that the story of Avon Bridge is one that's filled with tragedy and ghostly lore. But even in spite of their notoriety, I should probably mention that these accounts may be nothing more than local legend. In fact, even the most cited of these stories lack any sort of credible documentation or hard evidence. Still, many historians, paranormal researchers, and even a few Avon locals accept them to be the gospel truth. Why, you might ask? Well, as it seems, it all comes back to those theories surrounding EMF in the paranormal. Because, as we noted earlier on in the episode, Indiana's Avon Bridge is alleged to have an incredibly high paranormal charge. In light of that, I'd like to end today's episode by discussing the possible causes behind this haunt's higher-than-average EMF rating. I mean, you have to admit, 84 GHz does seem unusually high, even for the most well-documented of haunted locations. So then, how did this seemingly ordinary bridge, whose ghost stories are more likely based in fiction than they are in fact, come by such a high rating? 
Well, to be honest, the answer to that question likely lies along the tracks that are suspended above Route 625 East. You see, as you may or may not be aware, railroad tracks house a very small electric current, which, for our purposes, means two things in particular. For those of you who remain a bit skeptical to these electrifying theories, you might be pleased to know that any object or piece of equipment that emits electromagnetic energy is liable to cause an EMF meter to spike, meaning that this alleged haunt may not be as paranormally charged as we may think. I know, looking at things from that point of view, the mystery of Avon Bridge sounds like a pretty simple, open-shut case. But don't get too comfortable with that point being made, because there's a flip side to this coin. To really drive this point home, we need to once again focus our lens on the first law of thermodynamics. Don't worry, I won't bore you with another science lesson, but I do think the idea of energy changing form really plays its part here. I mean, think about it. The whole premise of this episode revolves around a theory that claims ghosts have the power to manipulate electricity. That a spirit has the ability to pull on this energy as a means to manifest. So then, wouldn't it make sense for this location, with its constant flow of electricity, to be some sort of a paranormal playground? Okay, that might be a bit of a stretch. But based on the evidence we've seen today, you have to admit, this theory doesn't seem entirely too hard to believe. This episode of Haunts was written and produced by me, Courtney Hayes. If you've been enjoying the show so far, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review. A lot of work goes into each episode, and supporting the show in this way really helps us reach more listeners each week. It's entirely free and takes about 30 seconds, and it would genuinely mean the world to me. Also, if you're interested in learning more about today's topic, I greatly encourage you to check out the show notes section on our website at hauntscast.com. This is the location where I share my sources and provide any visual aid that may be referenced during the show. Finally, I would love to connect with you online. You can find me on Instagram at hauntscast, or you can join our email list for updates about the show. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, happy haunting. as the moonlight pierces through the dark, paranormal enthusiast and best friends, Farah and Courtney venture deep into the woods, armed with flashlights and a sense of adventure. Farah, are you sure this is a good idea? Sure, I'm sure. We're paranormal investigators. We're not scared of any ghosts. What was that? Uh, probably some animals. Oh my God. My flashlight is going out. Following the chilling sounds, the two stumble upon an abandoned and haunted building, its dark silhouette looming over them. Look, there it is. The abandoned radio station. It's supposed to be mad haunted. Let's be careful. We don't know what's inside. Wow, look at this place. A long growl is heard coming from behind the girls. They turn around slowly, and to their surprise, a zombie is standing in front of them dressed to the nines, wearing a 70s bell-bottom hot pink and purple leisure suit. Who are you pasty-looking females, and what the heck are you doing in here? 
are you calling pasty? Nice suit. Did you raid Barry Manilow's wardrobe, or did John Travolta have a yard sale? Uh, sorry about that. We didn't mean any harm. We're just curious about this place. Curious, huh? Well, come with me. I got something to show you. And as they wander deeper into the building, they uncover vintage studio equipment covered in dust and decay. Farah, you were looking for a new place to set up your podcast, right? And this is it. Whoa, whoa there, sweet cheeks. No, 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 don't worry. We'll make it worth your while. We love the strange and unexplained phenomena, true crime, macabre, and the sinister. And hey, you'd be a great touch to the show. Maybe be an announcer for us as well. Mm, that does sound stellar. I'm in. A few minutes later, 12 seconds later, three weeks later, many months later. Okay, we're rolling. Welcome to Studio Sinister Podcast, where we explore stories that haunt us all. And then we'll go make a fresh kill to celebrate. Don. Uh, just kidding. Join Farah, Courtney, and Don the Zombie on the 1st, 10th, and 20th of every month for some rad, chilling stories. And if you piss your pants, that's your problem. Come embrace the haunt. See you soon, Sinister Seekers.